All right, so to those who don't know me, I'm Jordan. Uh, I'm one of the youth leaders here. Um, how did everyone's night go yesterday? It was Halloween. I'm assuming you guys got lots of candy, yeah? Nobody has, how is it that the adults have something to say on Halloween and none of the kids do? Okay. Um, yeah. I was asking about last night because I just don't remember it. Um, what'd you say? Sorry. Okay. Was it good candy at least? Okay. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit I chose to pick was faithfulness. Um, faithfulness is just something that I just, when I was looking through the whole list of them, it's just something that kind of just clicked with me. And I figured I'd go pick it out to just learn about it a little bit more. So Oxford Languages defines the word of faithfulness as the quality of being faithful. Yeah, it doesn't really work. You can't get the definition of the word by using the word in it. Um, yeah, so we got to go a little bit farther than that. So we can break up the word more, and we can break down the word faithfulness to being faithful. Uh, the word faithful by Oxford means remaining loyal and steadfast with steadfast, the word steadfast meaning firmly fixed in place. Merriam w, uh, M.W. has the faithful meaning steadfast in affection or allegiance firm in adherence to promises or an observation of duty. The definition I like to use is kind of mixing them both together to get a better uh, definition of the word. Complete trust or confidence in something or someone while remaining loyal and steadfast. Um, with us using this definition, let's look at some examples of God being faithful towards us throughout the Bible to get a good understanding of what faithfulness is, you know, because if God is dictating what faithfulness is, then that's the best example to go off of. The first promise that's important in the Bible is with Adam and Eve. Now, all of us know that we, everyone knows the story of Adam and Eve, Right. Exactly. They're the reason why we have to do laundry now. So, not really fun. We can blame them for that. Um, no. So, after Adam and Eve sinned, God came down, or God came down in the cool of the day and saw what had happened. And when he saw what had happened, he told the serpent that through Eve, a descendant of hers would crush his head and the serpent would strike his heel. This is Genesis 3.15. John, do you want to pull that up? Uh, Genesis 3.15. You're about 47 books of head. However, I said John? Oh, no, I said John if you wanted to pull it up. I was getting his attention. I didn't, sorry. Okay, anyway. Um, okay, so Genesis 3.15. And I will put, I will put enemy between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, this is, this is really important because this is really the first promise of Jesus that is going to come. It's not the first reference of Jesus in the Bible. However, it's the first promise that God says that he's going to send a Savior into the world that's going to go and redeem him. And this is, it's really an important thing because, I mean, at this time, it was only, there was only a forum in this midst of this conversation. And it's really, it is really important to uh, remember this. And while it is a little bit metaphorical in saying that it's not a very literal translation of it, it is still um, important to remember that God knew this was going to happen and still chose to make a way to save us. 
the next important promise that God gave to us is with Noah. Um, in the time of Noah, the land was very evil. It was very wicked. There was nothing good happening. And th this was the first covenant that God made with Noah in the time of um, excuse me, uh, Genesis 6.6. 6 kind of explains it a little bit. Okay, there we go. Um, so when he's not an evil redhead, he's just evil. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I know. Um, the, okay, so Genesis six six. This is uh, the Lord regretted that He made human beings on the earth, and His heart was deeply troubled. This was, I mean, this is very important because this is, you know, this is what humanity had become with, and God was upset with it. Uh, while God was going to wipe off people off the whole face of the earth and all the creatures and all the things, God chose to keep his promise with Eve and chose Noah to continue the human race. This is also important because he's keeping that promise with Eve, and he's keeping the promise for us later as these other promises will come into play. Uh, and then we all know how, Noah, how the story of Noah goes. God tells him to build an ark. He builds an ark. They put all the creatures on there except for the dinosaurs. The floodwaters come. The boat lives. The dinosaurs don't. And we get a new earth. Or we don't get a new earth, but everything but the dinosaurs and like all of humanity survives. Yes, but that's only because the word dinosaur didn't get invented until 1845. No, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, go, I know. <laughs> going back into this, um, after the flood, God makes a covenant with the Noah that he would never destroy all life on the earth with a flood, and he would send a rainbow as a reminder of this covenant. Um, this is important that, and he, well, he says this, he also states the fact that humans are born with evil in their heart. However, he still keeps the truth, he still chooses to keep this promise because he still loves and cares for us. Uh, the next promise, it was Abraham. Now, Abraham was a man who God chose to make a nation out of through him and his descendants. When God came to Abraham and his wife, Sarah, they were both incredibly old, way beyond the years of having any children. Abraham was 100, I think, and Sarah was 90. So your grandparents, the age of your grandparents, which is incredibly old. But God said he was going to make a nation out of them. Uh, his, he promised him that his descendants would be like the stars in the sky, Genesis 5.15. He, he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Which, I mean, is a lot. And this was a promise that Abraham was not going to see in his lifetime. I mean, when Abraham had his kids, he only had, Abraham only had two kids. He had Isaac... And somebody else, and I can't remember what somebody else was. Who? Ishmael. Thank you. Yes, and that was Isaac. And, well, not this Isaac, a different Isaac. Um, um, <laughs> with this pro... With this promise, God, or with this promise, Abraham calls God righteous because of this. This covenant was kept with the nation of Israel, the nation that still stands to this day thousands and thousands and thousands of years later. Uh, the covenant was kept in a few different ways. 
first uh, nation of Israel, and with Jesus making all people a chosen people with his death and resurrection. Uh, our next promise we're going to look at is with Moses. Um, pretty well-known story. They made several movies about it. Um, when Moses and the Israelites had left Egypt, they went to Mount Sinai, and God made a covenant with him and the nations, or with him, with Moses and the nation of Israel. The new covenant said that he would give them a kingdom, uh, they would become a kingdom of priests and, bless, and a blessing to all nations. He also said that the nation, the nation of Israel kept the promises of the Lord's commands, he would bless them. However, if they were to walk away and stray from it, he was going to go and let curses upon them. Uh, and this covenant is kind of brought up again in the New Testament when Peter has his visions when he's talking to Cornelius in Acts 10. I don't know if I put that one up there. There it is. Okay. Do you guys want to read? Let's read this one all together. Uh, if you guys, in your Bible, it's NIV. Um, but then Peter began to speak. Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. That's from, from every nation, the one who... Right. And knows the message... <laughs> All right. well, and this is and this is a pretty important thing. So Acts. Oh, well, I don't have it on it anyway. Um, and this is this is pretty important because when Peter comes to this realizes he has a vision about it, and there's basically a big table with all the food that he could eat, and God tells him to go eat it, and Peter says, "I'm not going to eat it; it's unholy." And God is like, "No, you're going to eat it." And he realizes that this is talking about all the peoples of the world. So God is fulfilling this promise that he made thousands of years ago to a small band of people in the middle of the desert saying that you guys are going to be good for everyone. And he keeps his promise this way. Um, our next one is David. Uh, David, is, David and the Goliath is another pretty popular, is another pretty big event in the Bible. Um, but David was chosen by God to become king of Israel, and David was known as a man after being a man after God's heart, which is a wonderful thing to hear. Now, even though David did some bad things like idolatry and murdering and losing the game, however, God was still faithful to David and made a covenant from him saying, <laughs> saying he would have a descendant that would be a king of a kingdom that would last forever. And this is in 2 Samuel 7. And does anybody want to read this? You. I, you're, you're gonna have to speak in, you all want, okay. Okay. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise you up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. Oh, there's more. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. You, Riley, you can take a piece of candy. Take a piece of you candy. You can take a piece of candy. So, 
this is pretty important because obviously that king to come would be Jesus when he came on earth and he died and resurrected. And I mean, all of these promises are being fulfilled with Jesus. However, it is still important that these promises were made thousands of years before Jesus was going to show up. It's a pretty important thing. Um, and <coughs> excuse me. Uh, our last covenant is the new covenant. This one is important because it fulfills all the previous covenants that God had made. And Jesus is the reason that all of this worked out. He forgave our sins. He made Israel a holy nation. He started the church in Israel and spread, and it spread out from all across the world. We are a re- we are a result of that church being formed 2,000 years ago and then spreading out from all across the world and going... Oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. Uh, oh. Um, yeah, and he said that all of us get to become a holy priest because of this, this is the, the fruit that we get to have and experience was made by, was given to, were told to people thousands of years before they even saw these things going to happen. And if you read Hebrews 11, which really kind of highlights all the things I kind of talked about again, you can see that they didn't really get to like see, the, they didn't get to see any of it. Um, God's faithfulness throughout the Old Testament is important because it says when God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. While this is promising, sometimes we don't know how God is going to go and do things, and it can often be hard for us to trust him and be faithful to God in uncertain times. However, 2 Timothy 11 through 13 and other verses can help us with that. I'm going to pick kids off in the crowd, or if somebody wants to read, they can read, and we're going to go through these ones. So I, I picked CJ, I saw CJ's hand go first, and we're going to have them, I guess I'll leave the microphone up here. So CJ, if you want to come up, you're going to read the first one. And I've got it on here if you want to look down from here, or you can look up through here. So just that first section right there. Here's a trustworthy saying, if we die with him, we will also, also live with him. If we endure, he will always remain with him. If we disown him, he will always disown us. If we faith faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And you can take a piece of candy. Oh, CJ, you can take a piece of candy. The next one is Romans 8.28. Any volunteers? I've got it down here. You can use up there or down here if you want to. It doesn't matter. Okay. And we who know that in all things God works for the good of those who I love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You take a piece of candy. Uh, Isaiah 41.10. Okay. You've been anxious to jump up here. <laughs> okay. I've got it up here or up there. Right here. Yeah, right there. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Okay, and you can get a candy. We got Psalms 118.8. No, wait, you already read one. You. No? Okay, you get to read the next one then. I'm sorry. You get to read. I'm sorry. I, I got you two mixed up. Shut up, Jada. Hey, whoa! No, no. 
No, you don't get the talking stick now. Jada, you're gonna come up here. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's all it is. It is better. <laughs> okay. No, 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 you can, no, okay. keep reading, keep reading. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Okay, now if you're going to be nice, you can come up here and apologize to her and then read the scripture. I'm sorry, Jada. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jada. Okay. The... <laughs> yeah, Jordan. It's not my fault. Uh, Romans 15:13. Say you're sorry. I don't have any. <laughs> Come on. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overfill with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. And I'm going to read this last one. It is Psalms. You'll take it? No, actually. You're reading the last one? Yeah, I'm reading the last one. The next, the last one, or yeah. Um, the next one is Psalms 56.4. In God whom I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid, what can mere mortals do to me? With all this being said, I have shared many examples of God. Oh, no, no, no my, I have a couple stories of God, of us being faithful to him. Um, uh, I have a, a, yeah. Okay, so the first story is the story of the fiery furnace. Um, it's another good story. They made a VeggieTales episode on this one. Um, it starts off with this guy named King Nebuchadnezzar, and he enslaved the Israelites with the nation of Babylon, and they're all in captivity. And one day, Nebuchadnezzar decides he's going to make a massive gold statue, and everybody's going to worship the statue. And you've got three dudes, Shamak, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, they didn't bow to the statue, and they didn't believe in the statue, and they weren't going to go and stand up for it. And when King Nebuchadnezzar heard this, he got so angry with them that he said he was going to throw them in the furnace, and he was going to make it so much hotter than it needed to be, and he was going to burn them alive in there. Now, they go and get brought up in there, and they get thrown into the fire, and they trusted in God that nothing bad was going to happen to them. And when they were in the fire, there was actually a fourth guy with them. And that fourth guy was Jesus. What? However, <laughs> however, when King Nebuchadnezzar saw this, when King Nebuchadnezzar saw this, he was so in awe that he started worshiping the Lord himself and told all the people of Babylon that they all had to worship the most holy God, and that if they weren't going to go and do it. They were going to have their houses destroyed, and they were going to be cut up into cubes. The other one, <laughs> not, like, not, that didn't happen in VeggieTales. Nobody got turned into a stew in VeggieTales. But, <laughs> boom, no. Yeah. The, the next story comes out of Exodus 12. At this time, the Israelites had left Egypt... And they were going through the, they weren't going through the wilderness net, but they were on their way to the promised land. And they stopped at Mount Sinai, and Moses was up in the mountain with God. And he was up there for 40 days, and as the people of Israel were waiting for 
Moses to come back, they told Aaron, the, Aaron was Moses' brother, they told him to go, uh, make, me, make us a golden statue, one we can worship, because we don't know where God's at. And Moses, or Aaron goes and agrees with it, and they go and they make a gold calf, and they go and they start worshiping it. And when Moses, or when, when God saw what the Israelites were doing, he got so angry, he was going to go and save Moses and destroy the whole nation of Israel then and there. However, Moses talked to God and then said not to destroy them, saying that God made a promise with his ancestors, Abraham and Isaac, and that their descendants would be as numerous as the stars. When God had heard this, he repented and spared the Israelites from their sins. And this is, it's a really important thing to remember because God had every right to go and do it. He could have started over. He could have fulfilled that promise with just Moses and still would have worked with Abraham and Isaac. However, hearing Moses being faithful to God after coming out of slavery from Egypt is an important thing because it symbolizes that we can trust God no matter what. Um, so as we continue through our week, um, um, as we continue through our week, we need to remember that God is faithful to us, um, that he won't abandon us or he won't forsake us. Remember that as we walk with God, he's being faithful to us, and by us being faithful to him, we will grow more faithful in him. And with that being said, amen. Amen.